my cup. Think to be a decker, most to see clean far them top. Get me kings of Hey everyone, welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, Judy Gold, and uh, this week, very excited, we have Mayan Lopez, who is uh, on this great series called Lopez vs. Lopez with her father, George Lopez, who I actually uh, interviewed at the 92nd Street Y years ago when his, um, not that long ago, I sound like, you know, years ago, uh, when his book came out. Um, so I, and I know him, I know Mayan's mother, who's a doll, and it's a really great, interesting interview. You know, the only child of this huge star, and her mother's pretty awesome too. So I think you'll find it very enjoyable and interesting because God only knows. You know, you think people who grow up in Hollywood or, you know, with with these successful parents are spoiled brats. And uh, not all of them are. <laughs> anyway, what a week it's been. What a week. I did a reading of my new show based on my book, which is coming out in March. I'll give you more info that, on that when I'm allowed to. It went really well. And I'm excited about it. So that's that. Um, I have gigs. Oh, my God. This week. Let me just tell you about my gigs this week. So tomorrow night, which is the 14th of uh, December, I'll be at the Chosen Comedy Festival in Miami, Florida. But I'm doing the Boca Black Box in Boca Redtown, Florida on Thursday, the 15th of December. The 25th of December, which, as you know, is... Christmas. Uh, I'm doing a very Judy Christmas. It's Christmas at Stand Up New York. And then in January, uh, the 21st, I'm at the Sellersville Theater in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. And the 26th through the 8th of January, I'm at the Comedy Loft in Washington, D.C. Okay? And then we go into February. Do you really want to hear about my February? No. But February 4th, I will be at the Avenel Performing Arts Center in Avenel, New Jersey, which is right by where I grew up. Not happily. Anyway, so those are my upcoming dates. I just wanted to um, put them out there. Yeah, it's been some week. I've been writing a lot and I have been getting really angry about the anti-Semitism and the racism and the the people's will to um, the peoples, the, you know, the white supremacists who love when Jews and blacks fight and we need to not fight. We are together. We're better together and we support each other and we love each other. And the world would be so boring without the Jews and the blacks. I hate to tell you. Okay. Also, oh, I wanted to tell you something else. And of course, I can't fucking remember it because I can't remember anything anymore. Like the words come in my head and I'm like, oh, I'm going to tell everyone blank. And then it just disappears. And I'm really, really, really getting sick of it. Like really, really getting sick of it. Anyway, today I am going to Washington, D.C. Today, the day that my podcast comes out, and I was, this is such a nice story. I was invited to the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act because my nephew works in the Department of the Interior and he was invited to the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act bill 
bill act, whatever. And instead of going with his wife, he said, I think it would be more meaningful for you to go. How nice is my nephew? Okay. So today, as you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on Tuesday, when it comes out, I am at the White House. Okay. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, Gearing up for the holidays and you know, getting depressed in January. So that should be a lot of fun. But um, anyway, this week is part one of my interview with Mayan Lopez. And I don't usually interview really young people because I feel like, you know, the life experience isn't there. But what a life she's had already. She is such an old soul. So I hope you enjoy. I hope you uh, sit back. I hope you relax. And uh, whatever you're doing, if you're on the treadmill, if you're on the elliptical, if you're on the stair climber, if you're doing weights, if you're just laying around, I hope I hope you enjoy part one of my interview with Mayan Lopez. First of all, I want to begin this uh, part one. Um, I haven't done this in a while, but I have a kill me now moment. At the end of the podcast, I'm going to ask you what pisses you off more than anything in the entire world, because the name of the podcast is kill me now because I get so fucking aggravated about every little thing. We're recording this at one o'clock in the afternoon at 12. I don't know, like 20. I'm on the Peloton. Okay. I'm in the middle of a Broadway ride. Okay. Okay. Which I'm so, you know, you, you know, those musicals and how they, Oh, absolutely. And, and it's, and I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. This is what I needed to hear. Dear Evan Hansen. And I needed to hear rent. And I, you know, like, yes, this is how I'm going to start my day. Like uh. Yes. Yeah, sometimes the only way to perform is through song and they get it. They get right. it. They understand. Right. And I'm like, yeah. And the fucking internet goes out. No. Right. Like in the middle where the music was getting really good and I was going at a, yeah. And the fucking internet goes out and I walk in the bedroom where the, thing is and there's no lights on it and i'm like i can't i honestly and of course i blame god like i think there's this other thing going on that's a black cloud against me like you know what i'm bored let's get judy today you know um so that's what happened and today we have i'm so excited i don't usually interview young people um because they have no life uh yet but you have a very full life. And I know both of your parents, Mm -hmm. your mother is like a bottle of joy. (laughs) Isn't she? Oh, she she is. It's now every time she walks into a room, she'll just go, honey. Uh, Yeah. She loves to sing and it's supposed to be bundle of joy, but she's like a bottle. Cause I don't. Yeah. But you have such an, I mean, you're 26. You're the same age as my son, my older son. And your life, really fascinating. You know, it's funny. I, you know, I was going back. I do a lot of research. And, you know, I know your father. I interviewed him at the 92nd Street Y when his book came out. Uh, we had a really great time. And it was right when the sh- bad shit was happening. And, you know, we were all really mad at him. because, And we're going to get to that later. Mm-hmm. But let's just preface that there's a really incredible story that happens. Wait, how old were you? Let me look. I have it all down when in uh, 2005, in 2005, a really incredible. And then in 2010. So mm-hmm. 
I was look, I, you know, I was doing research and your parents. So your, your father's George Lopez, your your yeah. mom's Anne Serrano, who actor, singer, producer, just all around bundle of joy, as I said. Mm-hmm. But I said bottle of joy, bottle yes. of joy. Let's get because, on the record. Yeah, because of my fucking Internet. <laughs> and your mother's parents were both doctors. Yes. Mom was an anesthesiologist and the mm-hmm. father was a, a do- and they they're from Hartford. Well, they she was born in Hartford, right? Yeah. So she they were born in Hartford. They're both from Havana, Cuba. They had known each other since they were eight years old. And then they went into my grandmother went into medical school. This is how smart my grandfather was. My grandfather wanted to be an engineer, but then she was one of the only two people in medical school, one of the two only two women. And he got jealous. And so he went to be a doctor. No instead. way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll just become a doctor. See, the misogyny doesn't end. It doesn't no. end. You know, yeah. And so they were medical students. And then in 1959, that's when Castro came over Cuba. And my aunt was about three years old at the time. And she started singing communist songs, coming home and singing communist songs. And my grandparents looked at each other and were like, we have to get out of here. Right. They didn't know Castro was a communist, right. um, but they kind of caught on early. And so they wrote 300 handwritten letters to any hospital in the United States that would accept both of them. And the first one was a little Cook County hospital in Cook County, Connecticut in Hartford. And so my grandparents got my, my aunt, my, her mother, like two suitcases with $200. They went to the Swiss embassy and then they got their green card and were able to fly out. And, um, my grandmother was an anesthesiologist and my grandfather was an obstetrician gynecologist, but then he went into aviational medicine and was the doctor for the astronauts during the Apollo no. missions. No way. Yes. So he so he was Neil Armstrong's doctor. And no fucking went, way. And, yeah, my mom went to Freedom Point Elementary and saw the rockets and then he became the medical director of Eastern Airlines. That is an airline that doesn't exist anymore. So it's a pretty I know. I remember story. Eastern Airlines. Mm-hmm. Wait, so so do you have pictures of your grandfather with Neil and all I these do. astronauts? They, I, I, have and- a, I have a picture of them on they were on a dude ranch in Montana and no way. They, and there's a picture. And then we have a picture of, um, we have all, we have an Apollo patch that they gave everyone at NASA. So I think it was on right. Apollo 11 and they have a picture of the moon. One of the pictures from the moon from the sixties and they have it signed to him. Yeah. It's really, really incredible. That's so fucking cool. And then they, then they moved to Ohio and then Florida mm-hmm. and then Florida. Um, and then your grandfather died in a car accident in 87, yeah, 53. right? 53. Just fucking awful. Just so awful. And then it's interesting because then on your father's side, uh, he's the son of a migrant worker who yes. um, who abandoned him, basically. Yeah, when, when he was, he was two, two months, months old. old. Is he related to Fidel Castro? <laughs> I could know. I was like, I wish, I, you know, like, it's so funny with celebrities. Like I've always wanted to do a 23 and me test. Yeah. But I think that with my dad's crazy side of the family, he, you know, I think he'd have to go under a different name. Cause he wouldn't want, people I read, to I was doing research. Him. Who was it that I read that was, it, cause I was going in this deep hole of your, your family. And I was mm-hmm. like, and one of someone, I don't know. I read someone was like relate via marriage to Fidel Castro. It's, oh. it's so you know, just that story of the, you know, migrant worker, ed- educated, you know, having to leave this horrible place and come to America and 
you know, you you just look you can look at your grandparents, you can look at your parents and what they have given to society as a whole and how much we love them. They're beloved. They've you know. And these motherfuckers, like, it must make you so angry. It really does. Because also my grandfather on my mother's side, she, he actually cheated on my grandmother as well. And so there's kind of a general. Oh, it's so, I know. I'm so telling it's you. just, and, you know, he was in the car with his girlfriend at the time, my grandfather, when he passed away, and he didn't take his heart medication. He was supposed to have a heart surgery, but he didn't want to be away from his patients. And so he fell asleep at the wheel and she was there and my grandmother and him were talking about getting back back together because, you know, they left the country together. They've known each other since they were children. And then, you know, she gets a knock on the door that he's gone. And so it's, did the girlfriend survive? Yeah. And then, she worked, and then she worked in the office and, you know, that's another thing with that, with my mother, like how much sacrifice and, you know, hard work. It's I've like a the, mirror. They're both, of my, they're both of my parents. I've really, truly seen the value of hard work from behind the scenes. Cause you know, my mom always says it's show business and not a lot right. of people understand the business side. And right. I've got the unique opportunity to see the business side of, you know, my mom always tells me stories of when my dad was coming up and stand up. She was like, you are always going to wear a suit every day. When you go up, you're going to wear a suit. And then when the second you're done with your set, even if we just go home, order pizza, we're going to leave because we want people to see that you are going to go do something else. It was all about appearance. She's so and right. Perception. And even there was a, I love this story. So my mom, my dad had, but when I, people always think that I came home with a silver spoon in my mouth. Oh, like I know. My, I know. And you know, yeah. it's with the hard work. It's I've always had to work hard to you know, always wanting to be the best comedian that I could be, but also to not turn out like everyone expects me to. Right. There's, and so, you know, my grand, my parents brought me home from a, to a condo on Barham. And that's so wild that with the show Lopez versus Lopez, we had a, a billboard on Barham and that's where my parents brought me mm. home from the hospital. So it's already like a beautiful. It's so moment. interesting how it all weaves together. Hey, everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity and eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so 
convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required, okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factormeals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D five zero, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. All right. So you went to, wait, what is Campbell Hall School? I did. And wait, I have to say something. When oh, I was God. at Rutgers, Oh, I lived really? in Campbell Hall. I, I, I applied to I applied to Rutgers for You did? Years. Yeah. And you didn't want to go? I, I got in, but I didn't want to go because I went to Columbia Columbia College, College Chicago. in Chicago. Yeah. Because the second city, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's and so funny. Yeah, Campbell Hall. And I just was talking about Campbell Hall last night because I met someone who went to Rutgers. I'm like, oh, I lived in Campbell Hall. And she's like, so did I. And then I doing research when I get home and I'm like, oh, she went to she left. All right. So Shout out to Campbell Hall. Um, Hall. You grew up on the set of the George Lopez show, but Mm -hmm. before that show even happened, you wanted to be an entertainer at five. And you said, and I read that your mom would show you old movies as a young child. So when your father, you know, I'm so interested in this because I was a comic on the road and I have kids. So when your father would leave, do you remember that? Do you remember him going <laughs> away? That's what that's some of the only things from my childhood that I can remember. You can't? <laughs> I, a lot of it, it's it's trauma is a very interesting thing because right. with I've had a wonderful childhood, but then there are other things that happen that right, my right. brain just protects itself. And so but I, I think remember, we all do that. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember like when sometimes I would my dad used to take me to school every morning. That was kind of what oh, he would shit. do. Yeah. So what he would do sometimes is he would drop me off and he's like, okay, mine, I'm not going to see you for three weeks. Bye. And as I'm oh, driving no. off and I'm like, what? You, and so then, you didn't know before. I understood. I didn't actually see him do stand up for the first right. time until I was 21 years old. I didn't see him until I was 21. That's really great. Um, so, you know, people would come up to me and say, these jokes are funny. I'd be like, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking right, about. Right, right, right. Um, but that sounds great that you didn't, and I used yeah, to go on stage you, with him. There was one time that I went in San Antonio when I was like, and he was playing for like 35, 40,000 people. And I, my mom took me out that day and I got a little um, lasso loop that if you just turned it, went in a circle and I had a little yeah, cowboy yeah. girl, a cowgirl outfit. And my dad brought me out. And all I remember is just a wall of sound and seeing people and flashing. And right. I just did my, I just did my little like loop and I cursed and, then and you I left. left. And there's, and there's great pictures of me, um, when my dad used to go and perform at the ice house and he would pick, bring me up on stage or, you know, when we go to Vegas and 
you know, my mom would take me out when he had dates in Vegas. So, like, I remember like seeing him on stage, but I didn't understand what right. stand up was. I, I was, um, you know, you know, when they were two and a half and five and two and a half and seven and a half, you know, uh, I was single at that, t- at that point. And when I would go out to do sets, like I try to go in the neighborhood and sometimes I had to bring them. And Ben used to, Ben, that's my Jew bell, anything Jewish. I, um, so Ben, uh, Still can do this. You give him any word and he can say it backwards. And so one night he's standing in the oh. bar and I was like, Ben, come up. And um, so they're all yelling words like television and you know, whatever. And then, you know, it's the Upper West Side of New York, which is so Jewy and annoying, like these erudite. Like, and all of a sudden someone yells out Shade and Freud. And I'm like, you fucking at the kids eight years old. And you're fucking yelling like, like, like I wanted to. Fu- anyway, so that's my story of the one time I brought my kid on stage. Um, but you, all right. So you, you yeah, know, but you understand, and you know, oh you go, yeah, and, and you understand. You know, you get sad because you, but you realize that that's why you're able to have the things that you have, and that's right. You know, they're going. But you to make weren't. You weren't financially secure when you were first born. Uh, like for your no. first few years. So you. You had these working parents. Yeah, my mom was a um, casting director and my yep. dad and producer. And she would produce a lot of, you know, Bob Hope specials for ABC or, you know, pop up things like that. And right. th- there was times that my dad had to stay in the car because he was so embarrassed that they had to pay their bills or their mortgage late. And my mom would have to be the one going into the bank. Right. That stays then, with you. you know, and then he was yeah. and then he was on the radio. And and then I like... Cause I kind of, so I feel like I've kind of grown with the last almost 30 years of his career because I remember right. seeing everything was so new. You're and, like a product, you know, uh, you know, you look at, at you and that's how mature his career is really, mm-hmm. you know, um, you, your mother met, your mother was a casting director, I know. Mm-hmm. And he met, she met George in a comedy club and mm-hmm. she, she was the one who went up to him and she was trying to cast him. Right. And sort of started his career. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll get into that. We'll get into more of what she did for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he still gets 30% if that says anything. Uh, good. Um, yeah. I think it should be more. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, you, he got the show. And, and so what happened was Sandra Bullock, which who the fuck... Like that is when such people a find, random when people find yeah. that out. It's crazy because really Sandra, she wanted to make a sitcom about a Latin family back then in, you know, 2000, what, like she was already right. so ahead. And, and so she was trying to look for a father figure. And so she went and saw my dad at the ice house and then right. she just saw his stand up, and she just nixed everything. We're like, you, you are the show you have this right. Is your life. And so it's his life because my dad really did work at an airplane parts factory and he became the, so it was his life if he didn't become a standup. Right. And so which is, very- yeah, I mean, that's what the, I think the beauty of standup is mm-hmm. you, you, it's such a personal art form and you really do know you get, I mean, I'm sure after you do a show, I do this like people, I re- or I've said this before on the, on the show, but I don't know if you feel like this, but you know, and your mother's right. After the show, get the fuck out of there. And I've I used to 
I was, I remember as a little girl, I, I heard that Barbara Streisand, um, would ne- like, didn't want to see the audience after the show. And I was like, Oh, that's terrible. And you know, then you become a performer and you're like, Oh, I totally get it. You know, mm-hmm. you've just given your whole, fu- and then you have to be one-on-one with these people. But I love your mother for telling you to, to dress properly because it's so funny. You know, I remember at Catch a Rising Star, which was this club on, I'm sure your dad remembers it and your mom remembers it. It was on First Avenue in mm-hmm. Manhattan. And remember Adam Sandler? He must have been like 18, 19. And I, a couple years old, a few years older. And, um, and he gets on stage and he's really funny, but he's in sweatpants, like a dirty T-shirt, unshaven. Mm-hmm. And the 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 guy who books stand up uh, uh, the catcher and star who now is books caroline's um he's like he's gonna be a star lewis and mm-hmm. i'm like ew he doesn't like how like and mm-hmm. i always got dressed up like last night i went out to do a couple sets at the cellar and i was like you know what i'm just gonna wear jeans and my p-town sweatshirt and then i was like no yeah. not like, who do I think I am? You know, it's my job, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. And, you know, Your mother. You know, exactly. And any marginalized group, it's like, you know, white men could get away with that. And oh. the other, like, we have to, you know, be, you have to work for it, especially being you right. know, a woman. And, hey. Twice as hard. Yeah, twice as hard. I mean, like, you know, my friend, when Trump won, it's so funny because my one of my best friends, <sighs> Brookie, she's Jewish and I'm, and I'm, you know, Latin. Yeah, exactly. Brooke and <laughs> And um, so it was so funny because like she was just, there's a character based, her name is based on the show. But when he won, I was so depressed. And I was oh, like, playing in bed for like three Same. days. And she was just like, Mayan, are you worried that you're going to get deported? And I'm like, what? No fucking way. And I was like, and I was like, what are you talking about? And she was just like, well, you know, and I'm like, Brookie, you've met my parents. You've been to my house. Okay, like, Brookie to- is not the smartest Jew in no, the world. No, okay. And then she was like, Well, politics don't really affect me. I'm like, You're Jewish. We'd be on the same Oh boat my God. How about I? You should call her right now. I was like, Are you kidding me? We'd be on the same one out of here. And then we had, <laughs> and then that day we had a, because I had a joke that during that time, because I was just, what do I do? Like, I lost my ID. And so I used to go into bars in Chicago and I just bring my passport and I'd be, that would be my form of ID. I'm like, just to prove I'm legal, you know? <laughs> right. Would, and, um, but then after a second city, she's like, what should I get you for your for Christmas? And I'm like, do you want me to get you my birth certificate for Christmas? And she's like, oh, I'm never going to let this down, am I? I'm like, no, nope, now I'm taking on a podcast. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> fucking ho- Brookie. Siri, what is Brookie doing now? Uh, Brookie, she actually um, bo- books like she's an event planner for uh, it is just okay. very for a Jewish charity in Chicago. Oh, God, Brookie, we need to talk. We need to have a conversation. Um <laughs> So you're, you're growing up on a, like, I don't think people uh, understand, like you're going to school. Yeah. Yeah. You are growing up on a soundstage. I want to know. So I know that they called you like the kid AD and Mm -hmm. and, right. And you used to bring, um, who, who played the mom, uh, the wife, Constance Um, Marie, Constance Marie. Yeah. You'd bring her to makeup and you'd make quesadillas for everyone. So you have this life at Gamble Hall 
and sort of this great mother who really, I mean, you, I can't tell you how lucky you are that you had, I mean, you know, you're very, no, she was the glue that held whatever my nuclear family was together. Truly. Right. And understood the business. Like that's the thing, you know, you have these other, right. She's yeah. She's just the greatest. Um, you know, you had this money. Right. And she got all, she knew all the characters. Mm -hmm. She knew all the bullshit and she was protecting her daughter, but yet allowed you to spend time on the soundstage. What was it like? Because I remember when I, the first time I ever got a part was on Roseanne and I, I was 20. I don't know. I was about your age, maybe a year older. And I had been doing stand-up for a really long time, but I, it was like my first time in LA and I went out and I got this part and I remember walking on the sound. And I was addicted to sitcoms when I was growing up. And I remember walking on the soundstage and it was like, for me watching it on TV, it was, you know, that's where I want to live. I want to go to their house. I want to, mm-hmm. and you as a young child understanding, wait, this is, not real. This is real. And seeing your parents behaving in both of those situations, I mean, that must have been also just based on our life, too, because right. know, sometimes the writers would call my mom and ask them arguments that my parents had had recently. And so there was one time where my Aunt George and Angie got into an argument, and it's almost verbatim a fight that my parents really had. And so my mom was just like, this is the weirdest thing ever. This is the weirdest thing ever. This is right. our life. And this is, but this is, yeah, this is normal. This is our normal. And I think right. partly going around and realizing, you know, this is, I think it was also to explain daddy's job of why he wasn't there. Cause my dad also, when he was working, he would wake up at 7 AM and go to bed at 7 PM. Like, and I would, right. Or like, God, like I would hardly, hardly see him when he was, working. And so I think that was also a way for me to learn. And, and I, I fell in love with it. I absolutely fell in love with it. I would go around and this is like, I would go and have, I had my own little ID and I would go on the golf cart and go around Warner brothers and being able to see the magic and in the live audience. Like I just fell in love with it. I used to sit and I used to have little parts too. And yeah, I was AD. I used to earn like $20 a show. And I used to save up money oh. to buy American Girl dolls. You know, that was like my right. little thing. But I fell in any, but even working like that at a young age, I fell in love with the process of it. And it was, you know, I got so to see it what being a performer entailed from the beginning, the good, the bad. But the so ugly. the magic didn't ever, you know, you didn't become sort it of became bitter, more magical. Like, it right. became more magical. That's what I, find. I got to see how it worked. And then you get to see it watching and that was just like oh cool that's what they ca-, you know already seeing those types of things you're seeing how and, they edit and how the story and then, develops and but then you know when was there any LA and people are i'm like i get a little jaded and i'm just like no that's not actually how it works you know I was, right, <laughs> right, like, right 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 the dream killer for yeah for people sometimes i just be like okay i have to like you know i can't peek behind the curtain don't let people peek behind the curtain that's all right was there ever a storyline uh, when you were a kid that you were like, I don't want that on the show. Uh, like, were there ever times when you were together as a family and mm-hmm. it was like, I don't want that broadcast on the show. 
I, I had that with my kids. Like, you're not allowed to talk about me in your act. And I was like, oh, fuck. Um, I think that was more, I don't think that was necessarily for the, sh- for the show. Um, I think during my parents' marriage and the stand-up, that was a problem. And I think yeah. after the divorce, that was more of the problem of my, my mom would have to like call lawyers and be like, no, like right. stop. We'll be getting to the divorce in part mm-hmm. two. We'll be getting to the divorce in part two. Oh, and it's juicy. Yeah. So there was never a discussion like, you know, you're at the dinner table, if that ever happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were like, uh, you know, saying this happened to me at school. Please don't put it on the. Mm-hmm. Did, did, did the kids at school, like, what was it like? I mean, look, you're going to school in LA. A, a lot of the kids' parents are in show business. Yes, which a lot I of can't, them. right. So it, you're not like here where it's like, oh my God. Well, no, it's not really in New York. It's yeah. the. Sometimes but, I was small potatoes because I was like TV while other kids were, but also oh. the show became very popular. I saw it in elementary school, like I was so young and people, I had a lot of trust issues from my parents, but also just people in fame in general, like people would come up to me and ask for autographs or t-shirts. And, you know, I'm a little kid, like wanting to be like, make friends Loved. and I'd be like, sure. Yeah. And, you know, I do that. And I didn't realize that people were taking advantage of me and my, my kindness or, you know, my, right. my family were always like wanting to bring people up as well. And so I think during, and then the divorce, it was, I'll, I'll get to that yeah. part too. That was awful at school. Was, awful. And even just things who, like with, you know, my dad getting re- publicly getting like it was just, yeah. Hor- I horrible, mean, horrible. I can't even imagine, you know, and not having a sibling. I mean, I, I wonder what that was like, you know, you are, this product and the only product of this sort of contentious marriage. And my parents don't like to hear it, but sometimes I like to think, I sometimes think there's a reason because it was a lot, you know, my mom could stay pregnant. She would just have miscarriages and, you know, I was kind of a miracle baby. You know, I I do wish sometimes I had someone to share it with because it became, it became a lot. But you, they look at you, you're just, fucking greatest so you you go to school you're part of the show you're in Mm -hmm. this sort of i just i can't eat i mean i hated high school so much and i did too i can't imagine and and high school is like i people are like what's showbiz like i'm like it's like high school you're either fucking cool or you're not cool or you're this or you're you know whatever you're burnout you're um weird you're this all right um, and then to be in high school, in high school, in, in, in a world that is based around high school, I just, mm-hmm. I can't imagine. So you start going to therapy, were you 11 when you started going to therapy? Yeah, about 11. I've been, I've been in therapy, different types of therapy since I was about two years old. I mean, like speech therapy oh and my God. things like, cause I was, I was a speech therapy kid and I was also a vision therapy uh-huh. kid and like, I've really <laughs> therapy throughout the math dude i was like so that but sun. that's good but you can trust you trust them now yeah so mm-hmm. wait so you had speech therapy as um because um, i had trouble with like my ths my R's right. and just verbal processing like i didn't speak till i was about two years old so we we just did an episode of lopez versus lopez about me not speaking spanish but i didn't learn 
and I've never learned, I still don't know how to speak Spanish because I, my right. parents, I couldn't learn English. And so they didn't, they didn't want me to get confused. Right. And, um, behavioral therapy. Well, I've been in cognitive behavioral therapy. I've been, I love <laughs> cognitive like, behavior. Oh therapy. my God. Like, that have, that's like my, my realm. Cognitive. That's therapy. me too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I we talk about I usually ask the you know people what they do, my guests, what they do for their mental health at the end of the podcast, but um we don't have oh, to I've but done a lot. I, I've done a lot. I know, but I have to say CBT therapy is like I've been in therapy therapy since I'm 18. Um, but I mean eleven uh, uh, just CBT therapy, it's like it gives you this toolbox, right? Like that you are like it helps you recognize Okay, I know what's going on in my brain. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm painfully and, self-aware. I'm painfully yeah. self-aware where I will sometimes just go to myself and people will be like, I'm like, no, I'm talking with myself. Like I'm having like- Right, internal. right, I'm having, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what's like, really annoying, Mayan? Mm-hmm. My younger son, Ben, uh, is studying <laughs> psychology and fucking oh, thinks he knows everything now. Oh, and my, God. my girlfriend, my partner is a therapist and I just want to oh, fucking no. kill myself. I want to oh, fucking, no. it's horrible. It's fucking horrible. Okay. I'd be like, leave out so, there, not in here. Get the, like, right. Yeah. Leave no. me. I already hate myself. Okay. I, I don't know. need you validating it. Like I can feel it in your breath. Like (laughs) I can feel it on me. No. Um, You know, we're going to talk about your TikTok because that's really how the show came to be. But Mm -hmm. so I've seen so many photos of you with famous people as a little girl, Dakota Fanning, Samuel L. Jackson, Dick Van Dyke, um, Obama. Like, did you know, did you know, Oh my God, these people are like, I am different. I am seeing this because of who my parents are. Absolutely. I think, you know, before my mom would always go forward and explain. And I think there was actually one time that I, we didn't go to a movie premiere for about two years because there was one time that I said, Oh, when is the limo coming? And my parents were like, Oh boy. And I was like, me and my big mouth. But I was, you know, I right. that was a lesson where it's like, no, this is a privilege, right. right? It's a perk. And that's where I got to see the good parts of having your parent as a celebrity and the bad parts. And this, these were these experiences that I've had and the stories that I have are some of like the greatest that I have. I even have some on my phone. Like I met Phyllis Diller when I was a little girl. And oh, God, yeah, I, I loved have, her. I, I met her. Picture. Yeah. I have this picture. Oh my God. Look how cute you are. She was the best. Do you remember meeting her? I do. And I remember just like kind of being, we went to her house for her birthday. My mom, my dad. Did you know? And I, I, I didn't really know her, but I just, I could feel her, who she was. And I was like, oh, you know, you just felt that aura around her. And I was just talking to her and she was like, you're funny. She's like, I can see you. And I'm, and now it's like one of the. And greatest. you remember that? I remember yeah. it so clearly, like her being like, "You are a funny little thing." Like I think you could be, you know, like your daddy. Like you, you know, you got wow. it. Wow. You know? And she. I love like that older. you remember that. Oh, I and remember, you know, she, yeah, concert pianist and painter. Like she was so fucking talented. And how um, about also Anne Lopez being uh, yeah. the great conductor of excellence yes. that she is. I went to the Mary Poppins like 50 year premiere 
And my mom went to Western Costumes and ordered me and rented me a Mary Poppins outfit. So I was a little brown Mary Poppins. Oh my God, I love that. So, and I went and I saw, and I met Dick Van Dyke and look <gasps> at his face. Like, oh, he's just like, oh, loving you. Aiming at me. Look and how cute I you met, are. And then I met Julie Andrews and she just was I fucking like, hate you. Like looking at Oh my at, god, they oh, look at their faces. Their faces are full, full of, of joy cuz you're so adorable. Uh, it was just it was just what the was best it, and, What was it like having Justin Bieber sing to you? And h- how old were you? It, I was thir- 13 14 years old. <laughs> I can't even. Okay, I'm going to say this and people can fact check this and I will fully accept if I am wrong. But I think that was his first late night show appearance ever as a performer. And I'm the one that showed my dad, Justin Bieber, on YouTube and was like, this kid is going to be really popular. You should get him on your show. And I think he was the first one. So if that there was or even in just the beginning, Right. I, as a fan, helped some way like, <laughs> getting him on right. his way. And that was like one of, because he didn't know. And I was sitting in like further in the row. And the second my mom saw him coming up, she shoved me to the, no side, to the edge. She And you can see it when you walk and watch the clip. Oh, that's I'm, so I'm, funny. Like, I am running. And so he comes up and then he just puts his arm around me and he just looks at me and I just... Oh, I, I think out. I would have. T- uh, well, I, I, I yeah. died. I died. And and then I went backstage and he looks at me and he just goes, you. And I'm like, yeah, me. And he was like, wait, how did you? I was like, I'm George's daughter. He was like, oh, oh my gosh, I had no idea. And, you know, there were other events that I'd seen. This was his talk at, show, right? This Your was dad's my, yeah, talk Lopez show. Tonight, Lopez and, Tonight. And do you, you sh- too bad you didn't say, yeah, I'm the reason you're here bitch <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah and my mom has another story too that very quickly like my mom um had justin bieber was that was when he was kind of wild and yeah and so he had all the, my there was a putting green in the back like part of the green room there's like a putting green and so he had they held all these like picks or whatever where you, you put the golf thing on very clever my dad's a golfer whatever yeah and uh clearly i care and i put it <laughs> Um, out and he was throwing them around everywhere and my mom goes pick it up to Justin Bieber and he goes she goes what she goes pick it up pick all of this up and he and then he was he scared (laughs) I love it go Anne go Anne woo she was like pick it up now this is disrespectful wow oh yeah Oh yeah. Why I love like, your mother. She's um, great. She's like, she doesn't care. She doesn't care. That's the greatest. Okay. So do you ask to go to therapy at 11 or do they, this is your first time with like talk therapy about mm-hmm. your feelings and stuff. Did you yeah. ask? I think my, God, I don't even know if I can remember because it's been so long. I think, I think my, I was just very confused and there was a lot of things happening with my family at that time, um, other family members. And I think my mom just wanted to right, help me make sure. And also I had trouble like speaking and, but I think it was just having another person to talk to, to, talk to think, that wasn't, yeah, mm-hmm, that wasn't so, my mom. And 
I had a very re- difficult relationship with therapy sometimes because there was times where I would have therapy and then my mom would go into the fit with the therapist afterwards and then try to see what I said. And so oh, I know. And so I would, she was like, well, for safety. And I'm like, no, I need to have a safe. So I would go to therapy, but I wouldn't be completely honest to therapy. And so that was kind of where it started to build up because, you know, I would even read, I would try to journal and she would read my journals. And so oh, I was God. just, yeah, you know, there, she's changed a lot, but there were, yeah, in, you do in, need in those past. boundaries. Yeah. I didn't have, I, she, I was an extension of her and it was, you know, sometimes I feel like my mom was too good of a mom. Right. Sometimes like she, you know, she actually had to tell my dad to hug me at times. Oh. And, you know, that was another thing where, you know, my, I would have to tell my dad and then he would push me away. Right. And then he'd be like, Hey, love bug, like get off me. And then, but you know, he didn't know how to. Right. He, they're so it. from, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with Mayan Lopez. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel. It's edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast and my life would not be possible without the help of Brittany Joe Soward's Richmond. That's right. If you like the show, please, if you haven't subscribed and sent a review, like seriously, what is wrong with you? That is what I need. I need people to do that because I need to keep doing the podcast, which I can't do if people don't tell other people about it. You know what I'm saying? Because the advertisers, it's all about, it's all about downloads. It's all about listeners. So yeah, I just want you to, um, to love me and support me. Now, what I have to do is I'm now looking up on my phone. Uh, some of the people who listen to the end, if you listen to the end, I'm telling you right now, I fuck. Oh, I, I do have a a listener to the end. So I was doing the show in Scarsdale, New York, and I get off stage. It's the tiniest room in the world. And I get off stage. And as I'm walking off stage, this woman says to me, who's sitting in the audience, I listen to the end. And her, I remember her name. Her name was Claudia or is Claudia. And then she sent me a message on one of these. First of all, I fucking hate Twitter, by the way. It's it's like Elon Musk is the worst, the worst. Okay. anyway, so um, she sent me a message, but I don't know if it was on Twitter or Instagram or. Okay, I don't know what it was on, but it was on something. And yeah. All right. Well, her name's Claudia and I don't know her last name, but thank you, Claudia, for listening to the end. I love everyone who listens to the end. What else do I have to tell you? Really? That's it. I I don't, you know, please come to my shows in Florida. Please come up. If you're in New York City, stand up New York, December 25th. I'm doing two shows at four and seven. Get your asses there. There's a Chinese restaurant literally across the street. Like literally across the street, you can get all, and there's a movie theater a few blocks away. You could go see a comedy show, go to a movie and get Chinese food, which is the most Jewish thing you could do on Christmas day. Okay. So there you go. And that's it. I love you all so much uh, for listening. Enjoy the weeks up until the holiday, which are usually shit full of parties and shit and I can't believe how fast this year went by. Can you believe how fucking fast this year went by? Okay, well, I'm gonna go take a nap because I'm 
Well, actually, I'm going to go night-night. I'm going to go night-night because it's very late. And I love you. So thank you all again so much for listening. And as we always say, so long, g g g g